listening to Frankie Boy Radio. That the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Letting America take a deep breath. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 230 of Frankie Boy Radio. Tonight, we're talking about aliens, man. And a slight retelling of Dr. Electro. I'm your host, Josh Urban. Pull up a chair. Welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, so I was in a little bit of a funk yesterday, apparently. And I wrote, I took the Dr. Electro story in kind of a, a, a depressing direction. I guess I've been reading too much of the news. Shame on me, you know, talking about the banishment of individual thought. So I thought, okay, well, that's a little bit not fun. So I rewrote it a little bit. I'm going to read that to you in a minute. But first, I want to talk to you about aliens, man. So when I was a teenager, I was hanging out with uh, some buddies. We had a, you know, like a kid's sleepover, you know. And uh, one of my buddies was slow to wake up in the morning. Woe onto him. So for some reason, there was a box of opened, like dried rotini on the table. So, you know, I got the box of rotini and did the normal thing and was throwing it at his head. And he still wouldn't wake up. He finally woke up, but we threw a lot of rotini at him. It was, you know, good fun. Well, I relate to that with questions sometimes. It takes a lot of you know, questions of rotini to be thrown at my head before I finally wake up and pay attention. And that is on the topic of aliens. So when I'm doing outreach or an astronomy lecture... I invariably get asked when people contemplate the vastness of the universe. Questions of God come up and questions of aliens. So I think I'm going to start with an alien question first. And I, I have a couple of things that I say. And I always try to be real like professional about it. I haven't seen an alien. Where are they? Uh, the distances are so vast that conventional space travel wouldn't work as we know it. If they show up, we'd better be nice to them because they're going to be a lot more technologically advanced. And any time a civilization that's more technologically advanced encounters a civilization that is less, it's always bad for the lessers. See Columbus, Christopher. So that's the extent of it. And we're like, oh, okay. And it kind of shuts it down. And there's really no sparkle in anybody's eyes. There's no imaginations open. And, and I always think, oh, yeah, I should look into that. And then I forget about it. Well, finally, I had the question, and it was the routine that woke me up, bouncing across against my head. And um, it was a, a lady who I know, in the, and she asked me in the my last astronomy talk, she goes, Josh, what do you think about the possibility of intelligent life in the universe? And I gave her the, my professional answer. And I thought, you know, and I told her, Right then and there, I said, you know, I got to look into this and get you a better answer. Okay, so you're listening to this podcast. You'd be like, so what, man? Good question. I think it would be fun to draw on personal stories here. Because there was another piece of routine that hit my head, metaphorically speaking, a couple of days prior to that. And I was talking to a buddy, and we were talking about astronomy, and aliens came up. I mean, they always do. And he was telling me about how he had seen some UFOs and one of his co-workers had told him that he saw little green men in the forest when he was hunting. So, of course, none of this is verifiable. And I won't present it as scientific facts, just anecdotes. But the 
point of all this is if you have seen a UFO or an alien, call into the show. No, seriously, drop me a note. I'd love to hear about it because I would like to weave these personal stories in with something to paint a picture of scientific fact, what is known, all the way out to personal observation and present sort of that whole spectrum. And paint a paint an interesting picture that really captures people's attention. That's true, of course. Don't make anything up. Um, but you know, it will be presentable. This is verifiable. This is not all all of these things, and uh, we'll see what what tapestry we can start pulling together here. So I want to let you know about that, and then you know, we, I got to dive into this, and then I want to read you the improved version of episode six of Dr. Electro, The Wind is a Cat. I punched it up. It, it was not so great yesterday. So pardon yesterday's show. <clears throat> and I'll try to read it with more panache. It's a good word. Use that. Dr. Electro, episode six, The Wind is a Cat. Previously on Dr. Electro, Murphy gives the upscale life the slip for an evening boarding the streetcar where he receives a mysterious plea for help from an orphan. The wind was like a cat, lashing a giant rainy paw around the corner to rake Murphy with uncertainty. He waited under the trolley shelter for the transfer to Union Street and for the first time since the war felt nervous. Or maybe it was caring about something again and realizing that he could fail. Although he previously would have avoided the sensation, it was preferable over boredom. At long last, the headlamp of the Union Street transfer glimmered through the drizzle and fog. Boarding, Murphy found himself decidedly on the wrong side of the tracks. The dim light of the decrepit interior reeked of a smell mysterious, yet one or two thoughts away from being alarmingly familiar. A lone old woman watched him suspiciously, and he felt his fine tailoring, less armor, and more of a gaping hole in this part of town. Seven blocks passed uneventfully, yet Murphy's sense of foreboding grew. Glancing down, he caught sight of his expensive shoes and smiled. How much more rewarding this night already had been than the last one inside that vapid club. The trolley did what it was supposed to do surprisingly and trundled into Union Street. Well, I guess this is it, he thought. The cat snarling one more time around the corner with a gust for good measure. 5.11, steps echoing in the night, he arrived at 5.07 Union, a massive hulk of a building that was once an engine of commerce, but now sat dark and sullen in the autumn rain, save for the mysterious flicker of a blue light on the grimy windows. Across and under town in the culvert. The League of Inquiring Minds meeting began to simmer, a secretive plot of subterranean subversion. It's all about the noise, gentlemen, the headman shouted. The irony not lost on Dr. Electro and Rutherford watching from the shadows. As you may recall, I was rudely awakened for the tenth time last spring by those urchins playing some form of sports ball. He positively spat. A busy mind cannot make a racket. 
in this world is fast becoming a cacophony. We must act. The echo of his statement rumbled like thunder down the great cavernous pipe. Suddenly, Rutherford sneezed. To be continued. Now that's more like it. All right. So now that we've got that taken care of, let's take a couple of deep breaths and, uh uh-oh, I better not burn the rice. I just remembered it's on the stove. Oh, relax quickly. (laughs) It'll be fine. Well, my brother Zach always says, I'm like, man, you think this car is is roadworthy? It'll be fine. Who needs brakes? Mechanical adventures, you know, breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. Let those eyes gently drift closed. Let us begin. Inhale. One, two, three, four. Pause. One, two. Exhale. One, two, three, four. Inhale. One, two, three, four. Pause. One, two. Exhale. One, two, three, four. Inhale. One, two, three, four. Pause. One, Two, exhale, one, two, three, four. Inhale, one, two, three, four. Pause, one, two, exhale, one, two, three, four. And last one, inhale, one, two, three, four. Pause, one, two, exhale, one, two, three, and four. Wiggle those toes, roll those shoulders, open those eyes, smile a little bit, and we'll see you tomorrow. Good night.